Okay, we're in the backyard. It's Sunday afternoon, and in the background, you may be able to hear our neighbor playing classic rock while they uh, put stuff in their garden. And it's a beautiful day outside, and uh, we're going to do the podcast from outside on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Here we go. So it's kind of a weird time to do a podcast because, you know, like we said on the show on Friday, nobody knows exactly what to do. And I think everybody wants to do the right thing and not sound, you know, tone deaf. And for example, Stephen Fallon and I said, hey, let's not post our weekend in five photos, which is usually pictures of us, you know, out for a bike ride or for a run or shopping or doing something grilling or whatever. Because it's like, wait, that just seems wrong to say, hey, here's us people having a great weekend when so many people had a terrible weekend. So... I told my wife, Susan, you're going to do the entire podcast by yourself. What do you want to say? I said, are you crazy? You are crazy. So we're going to kind of do this together. So the first thing that I want to talk, and I'm talking kind of softly today because I don't want the neighbors to hear like a big booming voice. You know what I mean? As we're doing the podcast, it sounds kind of weird. So the first thing I want to talk about is the rumors that you heard. It's Sunday afternoon. It's about 2 o'clock. And Friday, you heard a rumor about looters and rioters. What'd you hear? Well, it started off with our um, landlord of Borden Brush sending out an email talking about how the Chanhassen Cub and the subway were going to be closing at 7.30 that night in preparation for all of the chaos that was going to ensue. And so then people started uh, coming in our store asking us and Another person said, well, I already heard that Chaska Target's closed and they're forming a big group in the parking lot. And so I was telling Dave that and we had a couple errands to run. We actually ended up over at that Chaska Target and there was not a group forming. And they were hustling and bustling with uh, guests coming and going just as normal. And then on Friday, you had heard one that was the another rumor. Tell me about that one. Uh, that people were be gathering around 101 and Highway 7 and walking all the way to Excelsior. And as you pointed out, that's like five miles and probably not going to happen. And it didn't. I, th- I said, okay, so they're going to park somewhere at that cub and that targeted Highway 101 and 7, walk five miles to Excelsior, and then what, loot an antique store on Water Street? And it kind of occurred to me, like, okay, even if they did that, well, then are they going to walk all the way back to their cars? I just don't think that anybody was going to do that. But I think the the takeaway from this is that there's, in fearful times, there's always rumors, conspiracy theories, and that type of thing. But but your friends, as wonderful as they are, they actually believed these rumors were actually going to happen. Yeah, they did. And I uh, had to call them and say, we were just at the Target in Chaska, and it's open and nothing going on. So it was really kind of eye-opening because I would have assumed it was closed and groups forming. Um, I was in that Chaska Target last night and, and the Chanhassen Target too. What was interesting was they actually were preparing to be looted. And I went back to look at iPads because I dropped my iPad and I live on that iPad. I love it so much. And I dropped it, cracked the screen, which was okay, but it landed directly on the power button. So I couldn't turn the power off and on. And now it's just totally shot. So I went in and I said, hey, do you have iPads? And they're like, yeah, normally they're right over there. Uh, and they had locked them all the way in the back room because they were worried that looters and rioters would come to Chanhassen. And wherever you live, you know, but if you live in like a little peaceful suburb, you're in Woodbury, you're in Egan, you're in Apple Valley... 
Maple Grove, Rogers, wherever you are, it was hard to conceive of a riot or looters coming through your little town. Yeah. Well, just in the Market Square where the Cub was closing, we actually took our cash box, our laptops, our iPads and turned off the lights that we normally keep on to kind of show the signs on the wall while we're closed. We shut all that down so nobody could really see in the store in the dark. Yeah, and I think that people, you know, you go, well, why would you want to loot a board and brush because there's nothing in there? Well, it's like in Chicago, people looted a Christian bookstore and they might have run off with, you know, hundreds of Christian books, but that's not really what they're, you know, in some cases, I don't think that the, the looters wanted merchandise they just wanted to destroy things but what did you think last night because friday night was like uh just a shit show and everybody was like where's the governor where's i mean where's the police where's the you know they're just letting them run wild so what did you think of friday night when there was almost no police presence during the looting and rioting it was scary i mean i i would have been so fearful if I lived in that part of town in St. Paul and you know where do you go what do you do if you have kids in your house how are you explaining all the noise and the commotion going on then the governor and the mayor and other people said okay this Saturday night is going to be different and a lot of people were just flabbergasted seeing um, armored vehicles and um, maybe not armored but yeah probably you know military vehicles rolling down from I think there's a National Guard base, Camp Ripley, mm-hmm. up by Little Falls. And I think that's where they all are kept. And they were rolling down into the suburbs, and that floored a lot of people. Did you hear anybody talking about that? I didn't, but oh, you told me about it. But I can't imagine seeing that. That would have been really bizarre. A lot of these vehicles have, a, 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 I don't know, a, a hole in the top, like a machine gun hole in the top where somebody sticks their head out, a soldier sticks his or her head out, and they use the machine gun. And I, as I was watching, I was trying to see whether they had manned those machine gun you know, turrets or whatever, and it looked like they had. And I was like, holy shit. Well, one of the things I was worried about, and you probably were too, was if they start firing live ammo into crowds, that's going to look horrible not only look horrible but be horrible because then you've got now the military's firing on their own citizens thank god none of that happened but but talk about chase he got hit with a rubber bullet the other day didn't he yeah my son chase is a reporter in colorado springs and uh, you know as you know even though that's a thousand miles away from george floyd and the murder here Every city in America, I'm going to guess, had some sort of riots, protests, looters, etc. Colorado Springs is a smaller town. Um, I don't think it was as bad there. Denver was pretty bad, but I don't think anybody had it as bad as Minneapolis did. But Chase went up to Denver to cover it, and he got hit with a rubber bullet, and then he was tear gassed, too. And this is one thing that I wanted to point out, was a lot of the people who were protesting were compassionate toward the media, and they... Uh, some people found Chase and his photographer, and they poured milk over their faces and into their eyes. One other thing that I saw was really, I don't know if cool is the right word for it, but um, the people who live there were looking at some of the protesters, looters that were trying to come down their street. And they basically said, get the fuck out of here. This is our city. This is our town. You're not going to come in and destroy this. Did you, did you see any of that? I didn't. Wow. I didn't know. What was with the milk? So milk is supposed to diffuse, like, you know, whether it, you know, like if you have something really hot, you know, you're supposed to drink milk. 
so it's supposed to diffuse a little bit. I don't know whether it really does. Tear gas? That was for the tear gas? Yeah, apparently. And, and Chase said it was really like, I mean, that shit's serious. That's not like a ghost pepper. This is like serious stuff, like military-grade, police-grade tear gas. So I sat on a FaceTime with Stephen Fallon and Jenny and Tina this morning for about an hour trying to figure out what we're going to do on the show tomorrow. Because as you know, if you heard it on Friday... Uh, it was just me. I gave Stephen Fallon and Jenny and Tina the day off and said, stay home because I'll do this by myself. Why just me? Well, because we didn't want four white people talking about it on the show. Because I think it, then it becomes really apparent that we don't have any people of color that work on the show. Um, uh, and it's been a while since anybody at KWB, since we had any black people working there, um, uh, I'm trying to remember Shannon worked there years ago. You might know her as Miss Shannon. She's a good friend of mine. Jerry Dixon years ago. Um, Zany K years ago. And they're all friends of mine. Um, but we don't have anybody that's currently there. Why is that? I could not tell you. I don't hire people on the show. I, I do on the show. Um, but honestly, we didn't have anybody who was a person of color who applied for any of the jobs? I'll tell you who I want to be on the show is that rapper called Nerdy. And I think I made a discovery because he is funny. He is quick on his feet. He's talented. He's friendly. He's um, lovable and relatable and hip and all that stuff. So I told the boss, I said, we need to hire Nerdy. And he's like, Dave, <laughs> we're furloughing people right now. We can't hire anybody. So we're still trying to figure out what to do. And I think we figured it out what to do on the show tomorrow. But I don't know, just kind of like I don't have a whole lot more to say about this that hasn't already been said. So the podcast is going to be a little bit shorter this week. But I think it's just a matter of I hope that it doesn't go back to normal. At the same time, I think we all have to acknowledge that you can't flip a switch and make things change. Just like with the virus we can't flip a switch and suddenly reopen the country. We can't all of a sudden have equal everything for everybody as much as we want it. But I really think this is a great wake-up call in a great time of compassion in our country and in our neighborhoods where we're looking for opportunities to give opportunity. Oh, I like that. Somebody write that down. We're looking for opportunities to give opportunity. Does that make any sense? Did you hear what I was saying? You're on your phone. What are you doing on your phone? We're in the middle of a podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> I heard it. It made great sense. What did I just say? Make an opportunity to get an opportunity. All right. That's pretty close. So, and I think, what, what do we do? What can we do? I mean, that doesn't just mean smile at a black person when you walk by. I want to know what else we can do. And I don't expect you to have the answer. I don't I don't know and I think that's where I'm worried that because we don't know exactly what will work that we're going to go well it's a hard problem to figure out I got a tea time I'll talk to you later and I think we're all guilty of that and that sounds kind of like a joke and it is but I think that because we don't know what to do sometimes we don't do anything and then we get right back to where we were and 400 years after Africans first came to the United States and were slaves here we are still going, I don't know what to do. I don't have any suggestions for you that are going to be earth shattering, but I guess I would say little things help. Little things like maybe if you hire people, try harder to hire people of color. If you can donate some money to some black or uh, uh, minority charities, 
do that. Um, listen when black people are talking. One of the things that I notice is that we're so good at rehearsing what we're going to say when the other person's done talking. So as somebody is talking, we're kind of listening, but sometimes we're also going, when they shut up, here's what I'm going to say. And I think that a lot of interviewers are bad at that. They're like, yeah, uh, as the other person's talking, they'd be like, yeah, uh, mm-hmm, yeah but I, yeah, but I, but, 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 yeah, but they're not really listening. They're waiting for their chance to jump in. So uh, you're smart. What do you think that people should do differently or can do that makes a difference? Um, I think listening is really good. And I, I think you should also probably expose yourself to uh, different lifestyles, uh, you know, kind of maybe join different groups to immerse yourself in a different way of living. And I think that's the thing is like we we all mean well, and I think that we don't want to go, you know, shrug our shoulders and say, well, I'm not sure what to do. And then things revert to right back where they were. My God, you know what? It's just so weird. You know, I've lived in Minnesota for 27 years, almost exactly. And I've always thought of Minnesota as like a very, I don't want to use the word tolerant, but because I can't think of a better word, I'll use tolerant, um, uh, accepting non-racist state. And I think that we pride ourselves on that because we look at some states that are known for being a little bit backwards, and I'm not going to name any, but maybe you have some ideas in mind, and we don't think of ourselves as that. And then these incidents come up and we go, are we really that bad? I will say this one. There's so many whys about the whole thing. We look at that whole situation. We go, why was this guy wrestled to the ground? Why has the cop got his knee on his neck? Why is the cop not letting up when the guy says, I can't breathe? Why do the other cops not do anything? And there's a lot of whys, and I think that we we're all smart enough to ask ourselves why but then we say we step back and say why does this happen is it poor police training is it because i I don't know so there are a lot of whys anyway um that's really kind of all i had to say on the podcast this week i can't do a podcast about the book really take a shower show up on time and don't steal anything available on kindle and at amazon.com um but we wanted to do something different on the podcast so Love your thoughts. Send your thoughts to um, Dave Ryan at kdwb.com. And thanks for the feedback last week. I said, do you like shorter podcasts? Do you like longer podcasts? And most people said they like the longer podcasts. So we used to do podcasts that were like like 10 minutes. This one looks like it's going to be about 15 minutes or so. Hey, love your input. Seriously, uh, let me know what you think. What do we get right? What do we get wrong? What do we do? And I'll give you one more little thing here. Keep a journal or a video journal, or a written journal. I would say written is better, because video is going to get lost in the cloud, and in 30 years you're going to have no idea what happened to it. But if you write a written journal, and so your kids can read it one day, and say, wow, this is what mom or dad was going through back in 2000, back in 2020, um, and it's a little bit of history. Wouldn't it be amazing to read your grandparent or great-grandparents journal from World War II or the Great Depression to see what they were doing, to see what life was like and how uncertain they were. And my God, could this come at any worse time during a pandemic when everybody was scared out of their minds anyway and we're just kind of like regaining our footing there and then this happens. So uh, 2020, screw you. I can't wait for you to go away. It's one of those things where I said that I'll, I'll leave you with this. No hill goes up forever. Remember when I said that at Philmont? About three years ago, the Boy Scouts and I went to Philmont Scout Ranch. And it was 100 miles 
mostly hot days of hiking up and down hills. And some hills, you get to the top and you go, this isn't the top. There's another summit up there. Or you come around a corner and you think it's the top of the hill. And it's like, nope, I just couldn't see the top of it. That's called a false summit. But as I'm walking along with my thoughts for hundreds of miles, 100 miles that week, 12 days, a thought popped into my mind that said, no hill goes up forever. At some point, it's got to level off. At some point, there's going to be a downhill. So I think in everything that we're going through, just kind of remind yourself that no hill goes up forever. And nothing gets worse and worse and worse all the time. Things do get better. I think the situation with the virus, the situation with George Floyd, and the unrest and all of that, my gosh, I certainly hope it all levels off and gets easier. No hill goes up forever. And I'll leave you with that. Have a good week. And thanks for listening to Take a Shower. Show up on time and don't steal anything.